Hello. Welcome to the Myths and History of Ancient Greece. Chapter 50, 2,000 Years Later. First, you probably already noticed that this is not a question and answer session. I've received some really great questions from some listeners, but probably not quite enough for a full 25-minute episode. So please keep sending your questions in, and I'll do the Q&A a few podcasts down the line. This is the last chapter of my original scope of the myths and history of ancient Greece, but I don't intend to stop here. Rather than waste time on this podcast explaining what I'm going to do next, I'm going to release a short podcast in the next couple of days with a full explanation. So, on with the chapter. Greece lost its independence in 146 BC, but that wasn't the end of Greece. In fact, Greece flourished as part of the Roman Empire. There was no rebellion in Greece and the Roman emperors saw it as the cradle of civilization. Most of the scholars of the Roman world were Greek and the culture is now referred to as Greco-Roman. Many important Romans travelled over the years to Greece and left their marks on Athens. Marcus Agrippa, Augustus's right-hand man, built heavily there. Nero was a frequent visitor. Hadrian served as eponymous archon of Athens before he became emperor of Rome. Hadrian loved everything Greek and became known as the Greekling because he was so fond of the place and of its culture. Greece started to change as the Roman Empire changed. It was one of the first places to welcome the new religion of Christianity and became one of the most Christian places in the empire. The Roman Emperor Diocletian divided Greece into smaller provinces in the late 3rd century AD. A few years after that, the Emperor Constantine consecrated a new imperial capital. He completely rebuilt the old Thracian Greek city of Byzantium and renamed it Constantinople. The centre of the empire was moving east. About 50 years later, the Emperor Theodosius divided the country up into even smaller provinces. By this time, Greece was suffering frequent invasions by the Goths and other barbarian peoples. As the Western Roman Empire began to crumble, Greece found itself becoming a battleground. The city of Rome was lost to the empire in 476 BC, but Constantinople grew and grew until it became the most important city in the known world. The Roman Emperor Justinian and his general Belisarius regained the old capital, but it was lost again, permanently, by the time Charlemagne appeared on the scene in the late 700s AD. By this time, the Roman Empire had stopped being Roman. The capital was a Greek city, and the language of the empire was Greek. Although they continued to call themselves Roman, really they were Greek. The Greeks were independent again. Amazingly, the Eastern Roman Empire, which we now refer to as the Byzantine Empire, continued with an unbroken line of emperors for nearly a thousand years after the fall of the West. They fought first the Persians and then the Arabs, and the empire shrunk in size. Then they came under attack from other rising powers, such as the Rus, who became the Russians, and the Bulgars. The empire regained a lot of its former strength and territory under a dynasty of emperors known as the Macedonians, reaching the height of its powers under Basil II, known as the Bulgar Slayer. From the 11th century, the power of the empire dwindled, just as a new people, known as the Turks, gained in strength. The empire suffered a terrible defeat at the Battle of Manzikert and lost some key territory, which it never regained. After a brief revival under the great Alexius Comnenus, the empire went into further decline, and Constantinople was lost to the Crusaders from the new kingdoms of Western Europe. Remarkably, the emperor Michael Paleologus regained the capital in the mid-1200s, and the empire, 
although a pale shadow of its former self lasted another 200 years. In May 1453, though, it came to an end. The Ottoman Turks, under Mehmet II, finally broke through the defences of Constantinople and took the city. The last emperor, Constantine XI Dragases, was killed, and the Byzantine Empire was no more. It took the Turks another eight years to completely destroy the last remaining bits of the empire, but by 1460 the Greeks had completely lost their independence again. Many of the leading people of Constantinople escaped and fled to the west. With them were scholars and philosophers who brought with them learning that had not yet reached the western world. Great philosophers like Plato, unknown in Britain and France for a thousand years, were reintroduced to the west. Works by Homer and other great Greek writers were seen by Western scholars for the first time. The timing was perfect. The time of great learning and art called the Renaissance was just beginning and the new literature helped with this process. Greek cultural influence continued, even though Greece itself was under Turkish rule. The survival of the Byzantine Empire had a significant effect on the shape of the modern world. It seemed highly likely that the surge of the Arabs in the 600s was not going to be stopped and the empire would fall then. The fact it didn't, and that some great emperors and other men kept the early Muslims, then the Saracens and Turks at bay for another 800 years, gave the West time to develop. By the time the empire fell and the Turks streamed into Europe, the Western European powers were strong enough to stop them. If they hadn't, then Europe would now be a very different place. Not necessarily better, not necessarily worse, just different. But this is not the end of the story of Greece. The invasion of Europe by the Ottoman Turks continued, and soon they were in control of all of Greece, Bulgaria, and most of Serbia and present-day Albania, Bosnia and Hungary. They also took North Africa and Egypt, and were soon attacking ports in Spain and Portugal. Under leaders such as Suleiman the Magnificent, they seemed to be unbeatable during the 1500s. Suleiman only failed twice first when trying to besiege the island of Malta, which was defended by the Knights of St John, and second under the walls of Vienna. The Ottomans would fail time and time again to take the city, lastly in 1683, and they never got further than this into Western Europe. Theirs was, though, the most powerful empire in the region. Just like the Romans, the Ottomans found that controlling a huge empire which spans thousands of miles is very difficult, and just like the Roman Empire, a decline set in. There were enemies on every border, and some of these enemies became very powerful. By the 1700s, the Austrian and Russian empires were strong enough to take small pieces of territory. Tsar Peter the Great and his successors waged war on the Turks many times, and were mostly victorious. By the late 1800s, the Ottomans were in serious decline. The Russians defeated the Turks during the Russo-Turkish War, and they supported their Orthodox Christian friends so that Romania and Bulgaria became independent. By the start of the First World War, Britain had taken Egypt and Cyprus, and the Ottoman Empire collapsed once the war was over. The Turkish War of Independence created the new modern country of Turkey, which still exists today. The modern Turkish flag shows a waning moon, depicting the way the moon appeared in the sky on the 29th of May 1453, when Constantinople fell. So what did all this mean for Greece? The Greeks had always dreamed of regaining the empire and its capital. A Greek revolution started in southern Greece in 1821, and by 1831 a new Greek kingdom was agreed by the major European powers 
as part of a treaty known as the London Protocol. It only contained the southern parts, but Greeks wanted their capital. There was great unrest in the new country, and Cappadocias, the first governor of Greece, was a dictator. He was assassinated, and the country descended into civil war. The year after, the 17-year-old Bavarian Prince Otto was declared King of Greece. He was not popular, particularly because he was German and not Greek. Otto was deposed in 1862, and the Danish Prince George was crowned King of Greece after the British had suggested him. Because the Greeks accepted him, the British gave the Ionian Islands back to Greece. War against the Ottoman Turks started again in 1878, after Greece had decided it wanted to win back some of its old territory, particularly Constantinople. After years of discussion, negotiations, disagreements and revolts, Turkey gave back Thessaly and Arta to Greece. Battles with Turkey continued though, and Crete was put under international rule. The island finally unified with the rest of Greece in the early 20th century. Macedonia, home of Alexander the Great, still belonged to the Ottoman Empire. In 1912 the Balkan Wars began when Greece, Serbia and Bulgaria all decided the Turks were weak and they each wanted the territory. Greece managed to take a large area. The same year King George was assassinated and his son Constantine I succeeded him. Constantine was married to the sister of the German Emperor and he insisted Greece would remain neutral during the First World War. The Greek leadership though joined the Allies and the King was replaced by his son Alexander. The Allied forces had promised lands in Asia Minor to Greece, but this promise was not kept. The Greek army went into Ottoman Smyrna, where half a million Greeks lived in 1919. The following year they conquered areas in Turkey, and the Greek army reached Ankara. In 1921, the Greeks were driven out of Turkey by the general Ataturk, and the so-called Catastrophe of Asia Minor followed, where the Greek population that had lived there for 3,000 years was chased out of the country or killed. A couple of years later, an exchange of people took place, where 1.5 million Greeks left Turkey and 400,000 Turks left Greece. The modern country of Greece, which resulted from these wars and agreements, contains most of the lands of ancient Greece. The Peloponnese, Attica, Boeotia and Thessaly, along with all of the Greek islands, are now ruled by a democracy based in Athens. Some of Macedonia became part of the country of Yugoslavia, and is now an independent state, just north of modern Greece. The Greeks never regained Constantinople. The city is part of modern Turkey, and is now called Istanbul. Greece is now a Christian country, and the gods central to ancient Greek mythology have not been worshipped for 2,000 years. The evidence of the ancient Greek culture is abundant throughout Greece. From the Athens Acropolis to the ancient palaces of Crete, ancient Greek buildings survive as a welcome reminder of one of Europe's greatest civilizations. Next time, we'll explain how the podcast is going to continue. So, have a great day or two, and I'll speak to you then.